Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scouts looking ahead to the 23-24 season. My name is Joe and it's team reveal time again and this time it's the turn of FPL Wirehost so far to offer a good indicator of how our drafts are evolving during the pre-season period. Also myself and Zof teams are frequently similar over the last decade or so so we'll see if there's any similarities and any differences. Zof, how are you? Doing great, Joe. As everyone can see, it's a different background. I'm traveling right now. I'm actually in Calcutta. It's a city on the eastern part of India. And the hotel which I'm staying now is actually the first five-star hotel in all of East Asia. Wow. It's the oldest hotel in India. Oh, my Oh my Lord. The first five-star. Wow. That is some, that is some achievement. So um, is it living up to its five-star billing? Yes, very much so. Very luxurious day. Excellent stuff. So that's good for the uh, for the hotel there. Um, so before we were talking on air, you were saying you've you've um, haven't been thinking about FPL too much at the moment because uh, obviously busy with work stuff and the season hasn't started. But you have created a team, um, so you've been thinking about it a little bit. Um, but pre-season will tell us more. Um, okay, what I'll do is I'll put your team up um, and. I'll go through the players and th- then I'll ask you about some of your basic decisions around structure and um, the big decisions that you had. And then we'll look at the players in detail. So for the benefit of those listening uh, to the podcast version, we got Pickford in goal. We got Estupanan, Alexander-Arnold and Shaw in a 3-5-2, very similar to a lot of the teams, 3-5-2. There are some differences though. Saka, Martinelli, uh, Mbomo, uh, Rashford, uh, Matoma, in midfield so double Arsenal midfield uh, Jesus so it's a triple up of Arsenal attack Haaland obviously your captain um, and then you've got the uh, Everton uh, backup goalie 4 million on the bench and a whole bunch of 4 millions uh, with Bayer uh, Bell uh, and uh, yeah who is this other who is this other guy is I it... honestly haven't paid attention to that <laughs> 4.5 structure it's just whoever came on autos like we'll really know by the end of preseason. Right. 
and it's not really point any wasting time on that spot. It was just okay. an auto select yeah. four point five placeholder. Yeah. So basically, for everyone watching and listening, there's a four point five striker there. We don't know who it's going to be yet. Uh, in my team, it's Archer, and in this team, it's a player I've never heard of. <laughs> so we'll. we'll t- I haven't either. But but who knows? You could take the plunge, and it could be someone else. Um. So we'll take it from there. Um, Good one there. Uh, okay. Um. Now they the basic structure. Three five two. It's obvious it has to be start with three five two, or is it obvious? I mean, the thing is, there's so many good options in midfield, right? And I found the striker pricing quite strange. You go Haaland, Kane. That's twelve and a half. Then you go straight to eight. Yeah. It's very weird that there's literally nothing between eight to twelve and a half, which just makes the things right. You get. You, we are all about. We talk at the start of the season the price points. Yeah. So the whole point of getting that eight million guys, where I can basically go to any striker bar two guys. That's Haaland and Kane. Yeah. So it makes more sense to keep that flexibility. And just in midfield, there's just so many good options. Yeah. And I want to have the options are necessarily moving between them according to fixtures, form, and all that stuff. So again, I try to cover all the price points. Mm-hmm. I don't have anyone between seven million, but I am thinking about Foden. There's ah. recent news that has come out about Mares possibly leaving mm-hmm. Man City. KDB not being fully fit, so the Martinelli spot could become Foden, in which case then I get that seven-ish slot, okay. possibly upgrade my bench with that half a million, looking at Onana also. The thing is, the transfer window, there's so many things happening, right? We don't yeah. know. Chelsea might sign another forward. Yeah. So all yeah, options de- are open. Yeah, definitely. And there's lots of players moving between teams. It's a really like, – I found last season um, quite relatively easy to navigate because the team's – um, there, there were a number of teams that you could tell after a few game weeks they weren't going to improve unless they got more bodies in or there was something else going on. Your your team, Chelsea, for example, they brought in a, uh, an owner who had this policy with a baseball team in America, buy all the best players in the universe and then let's hope they work. But as we know, that doesn't that strategy doesn't work. So now they're correcting that. They're offloading a lot of players. They're starting to become, hopefully, more of a team. So... The narrative there will be that hopefully your team, Chelsea, will be better. But for last season, we knew Chelsea would just no go. <laughs> so that's easy. Avoid them. And then you can focus on some other players as well. Um, and, and so there's a, a lot of changes. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I agree. The three five two is is interesting. I found, do you know what? Your bench, I do find interesting, though, because you've gone for two 4.0 defenders. Um, they could be anyone because they're very rarely going to play. But what what's motivated you into that? Is it because you just want to get as much money into the team as possible? Um, or do you think you might need like a Botman, for example, on your bench? I do want to get at least one more playing defender, not necessarily Botman, because I just had to look at Newcastle's first six fixtures. There's probably one in there where I'd want to play Botman with confidence. If I do add a 4.5, it'll probably be Pinnock. Okay. Brentford have four home games in the first six mm-hmm. and they're good at home. Pinnock has a bit of goal threat about yeah. him as well. But the thing is now I, I looked at six million midfielders. I couldn't find anybody I liked in mm-hmm. that spot where Bumo is right now, where Mitoma is right now. Yeah. So I, if I can find that, then I could squeeze at 0.5 out or maybe Shaw becomes Gabriel, in which case Martinelli becomes Foden. Yeah. That works out really well. But I do want to get another defender purely for peace of mind because mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't know who either of these guys are, Pierre or Bell, to be honest. I haven't done enough research. I don't know if they're going to be playing in preseason. And they might be not playing by the time the transfer window finishes, right? Mm-hmm. So they're starting as well. And then I'm worried about price drops because game week two, you've had Pierre and Bell, both their fixture called off. So... 
they will not, even though they're 4.0 guys, there is going to be some sort of negative price movement yeah, in that direction. So that's well, what well, I might, I do want to get. Well, I can allay your fears with Bayer because, uh, but I mean, Bern, he seems pretty nailed on his nickname is Beckham Bayer. Um, yeah. So if you've got that nickname, you're probably going to start. Um, he, he seems to be a staple uh, player. Obviously, game week one, he's got Man City. Um, but um, looking looking at him, I think, I think you're pretty safe with him. Before, uh, well, before we come on, and I've mentioned earlier here, our teams are often quite similar each year. We, we have both quite similar styles to play. I, I, I you're... Uh, you have a um, a motto that I've always used: get good players from good teams. Sounds simple, but we very rarely do it. But I try and do that, and so I follow that advice, and that probably leads us to having similar teams. But one spill big... the beans, Joe. I had a look at your team reveal earlier. What's sim- if it has moved along? How similar are you this time around? Ah, well, I, I have made a change, and it is uh, coincidentally, you would not be surprised. It's very similar to your team in in this change, in that I have eked a bit more money. I've got rid of Botman. I indeed also had the same thing. I had Botman on my bench, first sub. I thought, great, I've got a great first sub. And then I saw, okay, game week two against Man City. I don't want him to come on. I might get negative points. And then I looked at all the other fixtures right up until I think it was game week five or six. And I just thought, I don't want to play him. And he just looks like a price drop waiting to happen. So I, I eked a bit more money out. And so I've got Bayer. I've got Bulldog instead of Bell, but it could easily be Bell. Bell's at the Gold Cup at the moment for Jamaica. So I don't know whether he's going to start. We'll, we'll find out a bit later. Um, but I, um, I've i used that money to do another thing that you are thinking of doing, which is where we might be... Sim- you, you, your head's been turned by Foden. So I have, um, moved, I have eked out some money and I've used that to get Foden into my uh, midfield... Um, so I did have Madison, I've got Foden, and I've upgraded Mbomo to um, uh, to um, Bowen um, from Jared interesting. Bowen. Because that's interesting. I'm not so sure about Bowen. That's probably the one I pick I'm least sure about because this whole thing about Brendan Johnson possibly moving yeah. to yeah. Brentford, that's what I read. But that's the thing. is They've got four home fixtures in the yeah. first six, no Tony. So yeah. I want to get a piece of some of their attack, but... Yeah. I've had bad experiences with Mbomo, yeah. as we all have in the past. So that's probably the pick I'm least sure about it, but I'm willing to give it a chance, see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, so we were talking earlier about similarities, and uh, we've definitely got a similarity there. Get get the most into the money, into the team as possible. Um, we've also got that similarity of looking at Foden. But for me, I've used some money for Bowen to Mbomo, but I might move that back. <laughs> so there is... Um, uh, um, uh, uh, another similarity there, probably. Um, let's go into the players. Um, you are relying week on week out on the Everton defence. How would you feel? <laughs> Not very good, but the alternative. See, it has to be a four point five goalkeeper. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. And going about that, but I might be tempted by Onana. Mm. From what I've heard about him, he might be very good for bonus points if he plays with his feet as much as we expect. And of course, we always look for the lowest entry point, right, into any defense. If I'm getting a nailed-on entry point at 5.0, then I would rather not spend that extra 0.5 on Shaw. There are various other good defenders who are available at 5 million. So these, those are the three options I'm looking at. And the Brighton guys, obviously, as you know, yeah. Brighton now have two goal, goalkeepers. We don't know who might be first choice. But mm-hmm. I'm sure by the end of preseason, we will have some sort of idea. Definitely. The last piece is the one before that. So I don't mind doubling up on their defense 
for the first five or six. Okay. Um, yeah, they've, they've signed, for those that don't know, Brian have signed for Bruggen. Um, he's 20 years old. Uh, he comes from, I think it was Anderlecht. Um, he was in the Europa Conference. He saved three penalties, I believe. Um, so he's young, Europe experience, um, definitely um, you know, a long-term pick for Brighton. Um, I, uh, my instinct, without any preseason, is that he is there for Europe because they are in the Europa League. And he's there for Cups, he's there for Europe, he's there for the long term. Steele didn't do anything wrong and Deserby loves him. So it's possible in pre-season for Bruggen is just is astonishing and Steele isn't, so as you said. But as it stands at the moment, I think Steele could be under consideration. As a I think so too. Yeah. Um, so I personally have Steele in mind instead of Pickford and that has allowed me to move a Stupinan to Gabriel um, in my draft. And that is the only changes. That's the only changes, uh, as you would expect for our similar teams. Um, so yes, you've got a Stupinan, um, the Brighton, def- the Brighton defense, and he's so attacking, isn't he? Um, so attacking. and, um, he could, could even be on penalties. <laughs> he has taken them <laughs> that's, the country. That's a bit of a pipe dream. I agree, but I, <laughs> just his open play, his open play threat is so good. And right? it's the first three fixtures that are really that good, great yeah. for Brighton. Yeah. You hope to open, but he is the most owned defender in the game as well. So it's yeah. a bit of insurance in case he does go big. Yeah, I do like to pay at least some attention to ownership who guys who are at least at the top end of each bracket. Yeah, definitely. And like you, uh, Anana coming in at Manchester United would um, be uh, throw a cat amongst the pigeons for my team as well because it means I would be able to downgrade Shaw and save myself if he's five million. But if Onana comes in at five and a half. Then I'm probably... I don't think so. It wouldn't make sense because because no. De Gea also like what I think he won the award right for yeah. the Golden yeah. Glove last yeah. season. So yeah. I don't see any reason that Onana should be more. It's not like De Gea is priced lower yeah. because of any rotation threat. Yeah, and, and, and Ramsdale is Arsenal's goalkeeper, five million. I mean, that's yeah. You would argue that Arsenal's defence, you know, they were you know a better team. I mean, by the league position last year. So you would assume they would be possibly in the same ballpark. But that that could be that could be something you could do, as well. Um, Alexander Arnold. Um, I've uh, done another team reveal video with Mark, um, our writer, um, and he has gone Alexander Arnold less, and he doesn't have any Mabomo issues or anything like that. He's just piled look, good players, good teams. His team is amazing <laughs> uh, because he doesn't have Alexander Arnold or Salah. He can spread that. Um, have you? Is he just non-negotiable for you? <laughs> No, it's nowhere near non-negotiable. What it comes down is always this combination. So right now I can go Trent or Bumo or I can go something like a Sun and a Chilwell. Okay. So I'm looking to see what signs I see from Sun. I'm open to the idea because, again, Liverpool's fixtures don't scream clean sheets to me. No. The first four, five, six, maybe that there's a, a way to Wolves, home to West Ham is all right. But again, Villa, they could concede any away games to Newcastle and Chelsea. So, but uh, the fear is obviously the second fixture, the Bournemouth fixture, which could really be a 15, 18 pointer. Yeah. So, so right now he's just there mostly as a placeholder in terms of price points. I can move him to anywhere I want. Yeah. And I think that Bumo is going to be good value. But if I see good things from preseason from Sun, mm-hmm. it's an easy switch around. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at the fixtures there. So, yeah, as you said, Brett, Brentford, um, uh, Tottenham's opponents first week. And then they, they have a bit of a mixture, but they have this lovely run, don't they, Tottenham? between three and five, Bournemouth, Burnley and Sheffield United. And they've also got Luton in game week eight. Uh, meanwhile, um, looking at Liverpool. Yeah, it does not. It doesn't look good for clean sheets, but I guess Alexander-Arnold's, you, you're hoping for assists there. He's so 
well owned. But um, yeah, I can't see a clean sheet really in that Newcastle game away. Um, but possibly, and or even Villa. I mean, Villa are pretty good. Um, I think um, I think I was I heard something that they only failed to score at home once. 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 But the game is at Anfield, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's at Anfield, yes. But, um, ah, yes, yeah, so what was, the, I think they did pretty well at Anfield last time they visited. And they did, was, I do remember that. And that I think quite, Douglas Lewis scored. Yeah, and that was quite late, late in the season as well. So that was when yeah. Liverpool, I know they're going to be better now with their midfield, but... That's the high line they played, right? That yeah. was, that's Villa were good built to exploit that. Yeah. So, again, no, so the Wolves game is decent, but they're all, there's no, the only thing... First four, five, I think, probably Bournemouth is one you say is a banker. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I've I've got the fixtures up on the screen at the moment for those for those watching it, and um, uh, it shows that Chelsea are top over the first eight. Um, they do have Liverpool to start, but then West Ham, Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham, Burnley. I mean, these look good for attacking and um, a defensive point of view. So going back to your team, um, you mentioned about James, um, could be Chilwell as well. So, I mean, are you actually looking at a sort of a game week two move? Could Chelsea are your side? So it'd be, be nice to have Chelsea in your side for that great run from game week two onwards. It always is. But the thing is, I'm a bit of a pessimist and a reluctant optimist. Let's not say pessimist, let's say reluctant optimist when it comes to Chelsea. Yeah. So usually I'm a bit late to invest because I don't want to put my heart and FPL team into it. It feels like to me sometimes it's a bit too much investment. It can be quite heartbreaking. Okay. Chelsea lose and you see my defender getting zero, one point. So if Chelsea do well, I'm usually pretty late to the party. So, But at the same time, I am interested. My eyes are open. I'm keeping a watch. I really haven't seen anything of preseason yet. It's quite early. No. So I'm waiting to see certain signs of the preseason. The signing of Sacedo, mm-hmm. if you do get him, would make me feel a lot confident. But right now, it feels like our midfield is a bit thin mm-hmm. in the defensive department. That's primarily my concern. But and I would be tempted by, like we discussed earlier, moving to Trent to a Chelsea wing back and then Bumo to, to Sun. Yeah. And um, um, also, I mean, in terms of attack, they've, uh, Sterling has got a massive price drop, just 7 million. And he does have pedigree in this game. Uh, and Kunku up front, um, although he probably won't be as the main striker, but could be. Um, I mean, what, what's your feeling? I mean, are the, these these the players you're watching from an attacking point of view or any others? Absolutely. These are the three you did the nail on the head I'm looking at. Mudrik, I think, will take some time mm. to gel in. But the three guys you mentioned are definitely high on my watch list to go to watch preseason very closely. Sterling is very easy to get to yeah. from either of the two six and a half guys. All it needs is a short downgrade. And also, like we discussed, with the, the Nana thing happens, and I have a half million free or yeah. Martinelli to Foden. It's very easy to find that half million for Sterling. Yeah. Similarly, for Jesus, I can wait, move him on to Nkunku if I see what I like in a couple of games. Yeah, the, I, I mean, like what I see rather. No, that, I mean that is definitely the, the the reason I've got Jesus. It's partly because it's Jesus, and you know he did well last season when he was fit um, and available. But it's also because he he can. It's it's who he isn't. It's, yeah. He could be anyone else, <laughs> because as you said, there's there's this huge gap between Jesus and Watkins, and then you you move up, and then you've got your Canes and Harlands. You haven't got your Vardys anymore. You haven't got any of those. Traditionally, the Chelsea striker, you, you, yeah. you, your Costas, your you know your your Maratas, these nine and a half, ten million player. Drog Drogba, I think, was ten and a half traditionally for yes. a long time. You're right. Um, very underpriced. <laughs> Torres was also about that much, yeah. I think. Yeah. 
Um, so, um, yeah, I can definitely see uh, that here. So we've spoken about Mabomo. Um, this this whole Arsenal triple up, this is a lot of money um, in Arsenal's attack. Um, even though they're kindly priced, it's still a lot of your team. Uh, you feel um, ha- happy with that? Going, I mean, it's, I guess it's Forest first off, so should be. So the thing, the thing is again, like they have the four home games in the first six, and this is forming the crux mm. of my team because I know by round six or seven is when I'll probably start looking at the wild card button. So Arsenal for every home game, I think last season or at least almost every home game, they registered over three xg, ah. and I think they possibly had the best transfer window. With the signing of Declan Rice, Havertz, these are all very forward-thinking players who can gel into the team very well. So I'm expecting big things now. Saka and Jesus, I'm fairly certain on. Martinelli, I'm monitoring waiting pieces, and I do think I'm missing out the value in Gabriel a little bit. Mm. Five million for Gabriel feels a bit underpriced to me. I was expecting six, even 5.5. So I do feel I'm missing out a little bit there. So I'm watching. In terms of preseason, I will definitely have two, but three is what I've got in currently. I don't mind going into it because after the Forest game, they can become anyone. Yeah, um, I mean, they're looking all at, accessible. Uh, looking at the fixtures after Forest, it, it, you can happily keep them as well. They've got Crystal Palace away, then Fulham at home, Manchester United at home, Everton away, Tottenham at home, Bournemouth away. Then it stiffens up with game week eight with, against Man City, but at home. So there's a lot of potential in in all of those. Um, it's also worth, with, with, you mentioned Gabriel, he's, from my um, limited knowledge of Arsenal's defence, a left-footed, tends to play on the left. So Timber is right, is, is usually on the right, uh, either as a centre-back or as a, as a right-back. So Timber has joined Arsenal, and that could disrupt the Arsenal defence, the back line, somewhat. You would imagine he would get minutes and play. Um, but it probably would be possibly for Saliba or White, rather than Gabriel, but I guess that's something we need to look at pre-season um, um, because we definitely, you, you don't want to be spending five million on Arsenal defender and see them on the bench. Absolutely spot on. I like Gabriel, obviously, because he has a bit of that goal threat also, right? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. willing to experiment over there. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I'll go back to your team now. So I've just, I've just had the fixtures up on the screen just to look at, just to confirm those Arsenal uh, fixtures um, there. So yeah, now you got Matoma for Brighton. Um, I guess like all of us, we're all we're all waiting. I mean, me as a Brighton fan. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. But now, luckily, everyone else is just waiting to see what Brighton are going to do with all of their their plethora of midfielders and attacking wingers. And um, so, yeah, Matoma's there. But I guess you'll possibly open to it being anyone absolutely because i don't know why Enciso is possibly going to play after mccallister leave i know you guys bought the guy from dortmund dahut yeah i think he'll probably play in midfield he won't be a threat to mitoma's spot so ultimately it's Enciso, and you guys have buonanote yeah. you guys have options but i do feel mitoma is something unique mm. out of all of those guys what he brings to the team in terms of ball progression the yeah. out ball is what something he brings. So I think he will start a few games initially once Europe kicks in. You might see some rotation. But again, these guys are also a 2 plus, 3 plus XG team 
on the Deserby yeah. for the last 10 games. And it's only when the fatigue kicked in yeah. from the fixture overload is when the numbers dropped off and Mitoma's form also dropped off. Yeah. So I'm hoping he can pick that up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he is, um, I said it in Mark's video as well for his team reveal, Matoma is l- literally an, an academic in dribbling. His, what his degree was in at a Japanese university. Um, he had GoPro on his head and he was looking at the way people react to various dribbling. So he, if anyone can suit, change their style to make sure that he keeps winning uh, and moving past players, it's going to be him. Um, but yeah, time time will tell. There's a lot of options then. CISO, Pedro... Uh, and more and that's just at Brighton because you've got Mabomo uh, there um uh Sade Vissa these could be other options in that general uh, midfield or forward attacking bracket and then there's also the Palace um players as well you've got Eze are you I mean are you tempted by any of them Eze Elise etc traditionally I try to avoid Hodgson attackers okay because generally his teams are like defense first teams mm-hmm. so wait and watch that yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Crystal Palace. I mean, you're probably wise for the fixtures as well. Um, Sheffield United's um, uh, away start. That's great. And then they got Arsenal, Brentford, uh, Wolves and Aston Villa and Fulham a bit better than Manchester United. But then Nottingham Forest. So a real mishmash of fixtures um, there. Now, one of the points of difference with my team and your team is Jared Bowen. Now, I, I my head's just been turned. As soon as I see a player score... Um, uh, three goals and two assists against Boreham Woods and Perth Glory. Uh, I, I'm all over that. So, um, Jared Bowen is in my team. Might not, might not be by game week one. Um, are you tempted by that? Um, or is he or that type of player at West Ham? Because West Ham have some good players and they are, you know, European, a European Cup winner of, of some kind last season. So are you tempted by West Ham or are their fixtures a bit too middling for you? I haven't followed any preseason. That's probably a good thing. Otherwise, I would have swung Bowen in, <laughs> in my squad probably either. So, But in general, from what I felt about Bowen, there was even during his really good season the year before, mm. the year before last, his numbers are very biased towards home. Yeah, I remember okay. he was, almost all his goals came in home games and away games. He played a very different role. Okay. So I'm waiting to see whether he can get that sort of output back. He sort of showed glimpses of it during the last five, six games mm-hmm. of last season. But in general, so I prefer to be more wait and watch because as much as possible, I try to get players from the so you say top six, top eight. Yeah. It's obviously not the case with your Brentford and Brighton yeah. right now, but they're very much in that conversation now. They're very much top half of the table teams. And West Ham, I'm still not as convinced that they're back then again. I'm still not convinced on Moyes being an attacking manager. No. That always gnaws at me. I mean, looking at the fixtures, um, yeah, uh, you might have convinced me to take him out. But but um, he's got Bournemouth to start, but it's away. Um, uh, But then Chelsea at home, then Brighton away, then Luton away. And then a couple of tough fixtures, City and Liverpool. Um, so they then, have the three, they, they're the reverse of Arsenal, I think, because yeah. they have the three away games yeah, in the yeah. first four. Yeah. And, um, but then it gets, so game week seven, Sheffield United at home, that could be uh, Jared Bowen time. So logically, I should be waiting until then. But um, I don't know, my head gets turned. <laughs> uh, we, we, will, we will see. Um, okay, we'll go back to your team. Um, so we've got um, uh, Matoma. Um, Rashford, so you've doubled, we tripled up on the Arsenal attack. Are you tempted to double up on the Manchester United attack, or is it just is Rashford or bust? Rashford is is the only one that really appeals at the moment for you. 
If I do get another United player, it would be alongside Rashford, not instead of. Okay. I have looked at Bruno, but I'm a bit unclear where Mount will play because Mount can't really play in centre midfield. No. Mount needs to play closer to the goal. So the only position I can see him playing is either on the right wing mm-hmm. or in that number 10 role, which where we saw, this is where we saw Bruno flourish, either number 10 or on the right wing. Yeah. We saw when he played the deeper role, it was mostly speculative shots from outside. Yeah through balls being created and all that stuff. So I'm willing to wait and see mm. what that case is. And in general, United last season, they were a bit of a defence first team. Yeah. They created some chances, but the finishing let them down. The creative numbers weren't that bad. But I feel Arsenal's attack offers a bit more than United's does. Yeah, I mean, I was quite... I was um, listening to... Uh, I think it was on Planet FPL's uh, podcast. Um, and they were, they were saying that Manchester United only scored 58 goals last season. And exactly. I was quite surprised with that, considering Rashford was, had got, did so well, um, you know, 200 points or so, 200 plus points. Um, so again, I guess once again, you're right there because um, um, you, you don't want to invest in a team too heavily where, where there are limited goals um, over, over a long period of time, especially if it's a player like this, you, you want to keep for a while like Rashford. Um, I think with Mount, I think the consensus seems to be that, that um, the manager might play sort of two advanced number eights in Fernandes mm. and Mount, with Mount more on the right. And, and, and I think that was the system he deployed in, in Holland in, in, in the Dutch league. So I, I, that's possible, in which case Mount at 7 million, if he's basically offering the same sort of threat in open play as Fernandes, um, wow, that, my, my head, uh, well, I forget Jared Bowen, I'm on Mount then. <laughs> yep. yep. And it's, like it, it's, it's easy to go down. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely there. So up front, Haaland, I'm not really going to dwell on Haaland too much and it's understand why you're captaining him. Uh, and Jesus, we've spoken about um, there. So these are the players that, that are in your team. And um, we've mentioned some of the players that aren't in your team. Who else isn't in your team that could be in your team or, or you've, you know, you've, really, you know, you've, you've really thought about and you really wish they were there? I mean, let's just go position by position. Goalkeepers, we mentioned yeah. the three guys. Yeah. In defence, the other consideration, obviously, are Arsenal defenders and Chelsea defenders. Mm-hmm. In general, so I don't really believe in the, in the concept of rotation mm-hmm. amongst defenders or goalkeepers. It doesn't really work for me because it's very hard to predict. And the possibility of... I think I always like to play FPL to the path of least regret. Yeah. I play it for fun, so I don't really want to have the regret. Like, I want to make as few decisions as possible every weekend. Because I don't want to feel bad about it. It's a game I play for fun. So my traditional strategy has always been from the year I started is get the defenders from the top four, top five sides and just play them every game. Yeah. Just get your attacking guys so they can get points at both ends. So I'm only considering defenders from like you know, that top bracket of teams. I know that there's probably going to be jokes in the comments about Chelsea being a bottom half team. But yeah. it is what well, it is. I mean, if James is fit, it could be on penalties. He, he, we know him and Chilwell are very good assets. They've all, they've, well, particularly Chilwell has been, I've really enjoyed only Chilwell at the times I have. I think he's exactly great. And his PPG has actually been more, but I'm waiting to see now traditionally the Chelsea fullbacks have like, you know, they had two different roles earlier. He had James playing more of a creative, which well playing an inside forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to see how Pochettino possibly sets them up. Cause I don't think he'd be playing with a back three. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident with the personnel we have, it will be a four, but the fullbacks yeah. do get forward still in his systems. Definitely. So yeah, you've got that for the defense and and midfield as well. I mean that that's. I mean, Sun is who I mentioned. Sun, I think Sun yeah. is probably yeah. the big one. Bruno is again someone who's there in consideration. 
But then there's not really much else in right? Madison, of course. Mm-hmm. But then I again, I'd much rather go for Sano. Then it depends if Kane stays. Mm-hmm. Foden is really the big one because ultimately it's Man City, and if even if you can get a nailed Man City player for let's say four or five weeks, yeah, the potential is huge. And Foden is probably the one guy who has that explosive potential. Besides Haaland, we've seen very close, very plays very close to Haaland when he does start. So. That's one that's really tempting me. Yeah, one, one thing I was looking at, because originally I did have Madison in my first job, but then I just thought, well, I didn't really like that opening fixture and I preferred some other players' opening fixtures. But I do think that it's good to... So that one of my rationales of Foden is eyeing him up to become Madison uh, when it become when more rotation kicks in for Man City. Um, also, I mean, it is unclear with Foden at the moment, so we're waiting for pre-season. But I was looking at that and I... I, I I do think that Spurs are going to improve. I always think with a team, you know, going back to your, your team, Chelsea, uh, and I put Spurs in that same bracket. When a team does underperform quite substantially in a season, the only way has to be up. I, I mean, I, I, I cannot fathom a world where Chelsea and Spurs will be worse than last season. <laughs> and so you definitely want a piece of those attack let's hope let's hope spurs are not <laughs> well, chelsea well, well, yeah i correct that as, as someone who's played fpl for a while and is neutral <laughs> um yeah i can fathom a world where spurs are worse they will somehow engineer that uh, situation um so um we've got that there um yeah so and also in, in attack as well harland you know whatever but um jesus probably like me you've got your eye on others who, who and Kunku. Yeah, and Kunku is the big one I have my own. I, I don't see myself really going for Watkins or Mitrovic early on, but Nkunku is the one who's really tempting me a lot. Because he's, he's used to play as a winger, but now pretty much he's been playing a striker or a yeah. support striker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's got, definitely got the, the very explosive potential. And his price is so low, 7.5. I mean, you and I have been playing this game for a long time. When a 7.5 striker scores for two games in a row, that's it. You you will see 0.2 price rises every week. No doubt. And within, within I mean, before, sometimes you just blink. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I think I'm going to get a Especially the first week, first few weeks when everyone's active, the first six, seven yeah. weeks is when the real value yeah. is made. Yeah, definitely. And you, you, you look at that that play, you think, oh, I'll get them in. And then you, you dally a couple of game weeks and there's suddenly 0.5 more. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's a player to to get on there um um just before we go it'd be good to j- just find out a bit about uh, yourself and um, for those that don't know um I'm sure lots of fans of fpl wire will be be watching this anyway but tell us a bit about fpl wire because you've got um uh, uh you've got a new recruit uh, this season uh, in the team as well so tell us a bit about fpl wire well anyone who's familiar with the phrase get to the chopper will know <laughs> about trust and his helicopter view we are very glad to have him as part of our team and also, like, you know, we're all part, PLY is part of the scout network, yep. process a pro pundit, so yep. it's very much keeping it within our network. And we're also trying to do more short-form content. This is, you okay. can check it out on the channel. We've done yep. some specials on Sobosly. I yep. hope I got that right. Yep. And Kunku, yep. we've already had a start, look at wildcard windows and stuff like that. So we're planning to do more short-form content alongside our longer content as well this season. Yeah, I, I uh, was listening to your to the interview on FPLY with um, Dan Ashby, who I interviewed as well um, about about specifically about Luton. But he was talking to yourselves more about the promoted sides, and we also have some videos on Fancy Football Scout um, as well about that as well. So there's a lot of content around the promoted side. So I'm hopeful, you know, the 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 uh, the, the meme of um, 
uh, it, the Spider-Man meme with um, Norman Osborn saying, I'm something of a whatever expert. Um, I'm hoping that everyone is going to be Sheffield United Burnley yeah. uh, uh, experts and Luton yeah, experts. But, uh, but it's so strange that Mark mentioned this on Black Box, the fact that Botman is the same price as a Luton defender. It's yeah. absolutely absurd, Joe. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I think, I mean, when we were talking about Botman earlier, I think that's what turned my head to Botman. That's why I originally had him in my team. But then I thought about it and I thought... Well, like, I, I, I guess he probably is worth a Luton defender in the opening fixtures. I don't really want to play him. But yeah, long term, that is ludicrous because he's going to be playing in the Champions League. And Luton, um, well, they've just come from the Championship. So. They don't have a stadium to be ready to play in the Premier League. No, no. I mean, that, that's the... And, 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 and as Dan, uh, I, I think Dan might have said, uh, that, I mean, their ground, not, not ready. But at the moment, yeah, the away fans, they're going through someone's kitchen, basically, to get onto the pitch and... I don't know where the team bus are parking and the, someone's garage or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's basically down, down, down someone's road. <laughs> um, so that there isn't much going on there um, as well. And But yourself, so you've been playing FPL for quite some time as well. Now I've got this right. Is it six top 5K finishes? I know the seven top 10K, but it, I think you might be right. Yeah. It might be six top 5K as well. Yeah. So yeah, it, both whichever one you want to use. They're both good um, as well. So you've been playing for a number of years, a bit like me, about, I don't know, 13, 14 years or so? Yeah, 2009 was my yeah. first season. Yeah. I think that was mine as well. Weird. It's it's weird because um, often we're not seen in the same place. <laughs> but we are both together. So we are both completely separate people. <laughs> we are not exactly the same. Uh, we often do get very, very similar. It's, it's usually just a captaincy decision or something like that that, that will change our teams as well. Um, the, um, how do you feel about going into this season? Um, I, I mean, I know you haven't really um, thought about it as, as much because you're know, busy with other stuff. But um, I, I personally am quite looking forward. To, it seems very different. All the teams seem different. And it is, it is because I think last season, I don't know, it felt very draining. Yeah. By the end of it, I wasn't really enjoying it as much as the last two, three months. And I don't know whether it was me to do as much being a Chelsea fan, right? When Chelsea are not doing well, you naturally don't look forward to the weekend and football as much. Because for me, it's always football and Chelsea first, then FPL. Yeah. So that sort of definitely had an impact for me. It might have been the opposite for you with Brighton yeah. flying high. But in general, I do think that I, we already, I was hoping for no postponements, but we already had that with game week two. Yeah. But they're not teams that like, you know, they're not sudden postponements and these are not fixtures that are going to be scheduled anytime soon. So it's yeah. not that bad. But in general, like, you know, I look forward to picking good players, like from good teams, as you mentioned earlier, with fixtures rather than just purely buying players or just wondering whether I should be switching to Mitoma, to McAllister or March. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I found last season okay, probably because I found the previous COVID impacted seasons so mm. draining that anything would seem better. Um, and I think those ones uh, I found particularly frustrating because it, no matter how, what you did and how much time you spent looking at data, y you can't legislate for seven out of your 15 players not playing the next weekend without without any warning um and that that was that was tough to do so at least last year we we had some you know some warning that teams would be blanking but um but yeah i do i do you know what i mean i think i think with the world cup as well that was another challenge and some some teams and some fpl managers came out of that well 
guessing who was going to be good in January and who wasn't. But I think overall, yes, fingers crossed, this is going to be a normal season, <laughs> hopefully. Um, and so some of the new managers, those who haven't been playing for years like us, probably haven't experienced this. They'll probably wonder why well, this is, you know, why have you only got a few double game weeks? Why haven't you just got this massive break? Why haven't why are all your players playing and not just suddenly ill? Um, so um, uh, I think that might come as a shock to them. Um, thanks so much uh, for joining me and so much sharing your thoughts on FPL and your team as well. I'm sure this draft will change um, as pre-season goes. Um, just wanted to remind uh, everyone about the uh, members area at Fantasy Football Scout. Um, the season ticker that we showed, um, that's from there. Um, across a lot of our other videos and podcasts, we're also looking um, at some of the information in the articles. In the members areas as well, you've got the comparison tools. Um, and obviously the tables that you can create, and I have created my own, the goals imminent table, which um, has become a, a film, a video, a song. Well, no, just, just a video and a podcast, but in my head it's still a, a song or, or a film. Um, and so you can do all of those things there. Um, also, do remember to uh, press that subscribe button if you're not subscribing already and do press like um, so that we know that you like us. And if you don't like us, just just press it anyway <laughs> so we can pretend you like us. Uh, meanwhile, uh, so thanks so much for joining me. Um, good luck. My pleasure. Thank good you. luck with the game week one. Good luck with the rest of the season. I, even though Chelsea pilfered all of our players at Brighton, I do genuinely wish Chelsea better because uh, it's never good when in FPL when uh, we're denied um, a good source of FPL points. Uh, thanks so much for joining it. us. Uh, see you soon. Yes.